0: of others amen amen thank you pastor matt good morning friends uh what a gift to worship with you for those of you watching online my name is rich i'm the lead pastor of new life fellowship church here in queens new york city and whether you're joining us from facebook or newlife.nyc or youtube it is a gift to worship with you for the past 30 years uh, we have taken the sunday before thanksgiving Uh, to offer uh, stories of of new life and stories of gratitude and hope from uh, various members of our community at New Life Fellowship Church. And today we're going to hear the stories of a few new lifers because it's a wonderful opportunity to practice thanksgiving and hear the ways that God has been at work within our community. Before I get into uh, introducing them and having them share, and after each of them shares, we're going to just respond with song and respond with singing because the appropriate response to God's goodness is worship. Amen. The the appropriate response to God's provision is praise. And so after they come up and sing uh, a share, we'll respond in song. But I want to pray and have us pray out Psalm 107. It's a beautiful psalm for this week as many of us are going to be uh, meeting with family and friends and connecting. A psalm of gratitude and thanksgiving. Let's pray this all together. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. In a given day, every single one of us will say the phrase thank you multiple times. Uh, For many of us, thank you, Jess. For many of us, we'll say thank you when someone, thank you. uh, For many of us, we will say thank you when someone opens the door for you, when, when someone gives you a compliment, when someone says something nice on social media. The culturally appropriate response to these things is thank you. But many of you know and I know that we could say thank you 50 times a day and still not have our hearts marked by gratitude. It's easy to say something with our lips but have it be far from our hearts because gratitude is more than just simply saying thank you. Gratitude is a reorientation of our entire lives in which we are recognizing the gift that God has given to us, and we return to the source of that goodness. Is your life marked by gratitude? Is your life marked by thanksgiving? One of the ways that I try to uh, do inventory of my own life every single year at this point is to do what I call a gratitude test, a thanksgiving test. And it's the same questions every single year that I think about and try to offer to our community. Three questions to help us gauge how gratitude, the degree to which gratitude is filling our souls. Here are the three questions. How much time do you give to complaining? Ooh, I could spend 40 minutes on this one here. Secondly, how much time do you give to comparing? How much time do you give to coveting? How much time do you give to complaining? How much time do you give to comparing? How much time do you give to coveting? You see, gratitude is to form something in us. And one of the things that it forms in us is what we just sung about, contentment. And contentment, very simply, is the idea that it recognizes that having more of something doesn't make me something more. That's contentment. That having more of something does not make me something more. What makes me more is the love of God. What makes me more is what God has said about me. And what we are invited to do in a life of gratitude and thanksgiving is to live a life that's marked by contentment, marked by love, marked by worship. It is said that those who express gratitude are those who have higher degrees of happiness, higher degrees of joy, higher degrees of vitality to their lives. And the opposite is the true as well. For those of us who do not give conscious expression to our gratitude, there are lower levels of joy, lower levels of happiness, lower levels of vitality. And so today we are invited to cultivate gratitude, to cultivate thanksgiving. And one of the ways we do that is by hearing stories of the way God is working within our community and to respond as a community with gratitude. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hear from four new lifers And we're going to hear various stories of the ways uh, that they have been formed, that community has come, and the ways that they are on mission. At New Life, there are three different words that help us to understand what we're trying to do at New Life. It's community, formation, and mission. That to be part of New Life is to be part of a community. We're not just here to be part of a service. We're here to join our lives to one another in meaningful ways. We are a community that's about formation, wanting to see the life of Jesus being formed in us. And we are a community that is on mission, that we want to be a gift to the world around us. And so when someone shares their story and the ways that they are recognizing God's goodness towards them, our response will be song. And so after they come up, we'll stand up and we'll sing with everything we have as a sign of God's grace to that person and to us as a whole. And so to kick us off... Uh, We'll have Stephen McIntosh, Stephen's one of our elders and a long-time New Lifer, give it up for Stephen as he comes and shares a bit of his story.
1: Hey, New Life. Uh, That's right, I'm Stephen, I'm honored to be one of your elders here at the church and to also co-lead a small group in Jackson Heights with my wife. I just want to take a moment before I begin, uh, since we're in a season of gratitude, to give thanks for a special group of people. Um, I want to give thanks to our pastoral leadership Pastor Rich, Pastor Jackie. Uh, Give thanks to and for our New Life elders, for our deacons, for our amazing pastoral team. Uh, for the incredible array of New Life staff and administrators all behind the scenes, the administrators, the coordinators, the assistants, the part-timers, the full-timers. And particularly our building and operations staff who've been taking care of this place so well over the last 20 months. And our New Life ministry volunteers. Uh, some of who are on this stage who have maintaining... The heart, the hands, the feet of Christ to us and so many others during this incredibly challenging time. So just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so I was asked uh, to come up here. I'm also a parent of two boys, a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old, almost two whole teenagers in our house, um, to talk about parenting in the pandemic and spiritual formation, really easy, breezy topics to discuss in front of large crowds and virtual crowds. Um, So when the pandemic hit and the lockdown happened, I was thrilled to give up my round trip two-hour commute and embrace the work-from-home lifestyle. Uh, But then I realized, you know, what I was gaining in time savings or ease, my new reality was here I was now, living 24-7 with my kids and no option of escape. What am I trying to escape from? I, I love my boys. You know, these guys are my faves. And yet, they also bring out sides of my story that I don't want to have to deal with. You know, times where my anger rises disproportionately in size to the choices that they're making, or uh, times where I I am emotionally shutting down because of my inability to uh, face their difficult emotions. And pre-pandemic, I could stuff it, I could ignore it, I could go to work. Um, But here I was in this reality where I was finding all of these things on the inside that I was trying to keep down were coming outside and shaping who I was as a parent. So I realized pretty quickly I had two options. I could either do what we talk about doing here, exploring beneath the iceberg and get to the bottom of what was going on, or I could just stay in this constant repetitive cycle of reaction. Um, When Pastor Rich talks about this, he says there's a lot of revelation in our reactions. And as I dug deeper in myself, the revelation for me was that I was actually more upset by being upset than I was with what my kids were doing. And so that took me back to my childhood and this kid who was so overwhelmed by the times that people in my house were getting angry with each other. And this kid who made a vow to say, you know what, I'm never going to get upset. Because I can see the damage that it does. And how this kid grew up to be a parent, realizing that this was a vow that was impossible for me to keep. Um, And a powerful story for me uh, is the story of when Jesus calms the storm. I love the ending. You know, I just imagine Jesus on the end of the boat, staring out to that crazy storm and just staying "Be still. Um, But in this season, I felt God was drawing me to this other part in the story where he's lying on the other side of the boat, asleep with his head on the pillow. And I just imagined him thinking, you've got to be so full of God's love and peace just to rest like that in the middle of all that chaos. And that's what called to my heart. That's what I wanted, you know. And amazed that that's what Christ was offering me 24-7, that I could rest in his love while I was facing the challenges of being upset or being afraid of my own emotions. And I wanna say this was not an epiphany that happened on a particular day or time over this past year, but this message of love, of encouragement, of challenge was coming a hundred different ways through all the people in my life, through my wife, through my kids, through my parents, through my family, through my good friend Mike, through Pastor Dave, through our small group and so many others. You know, they say uh, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, Well, I've learned it it takes a church to raise a parent like me. Um, (laughs) You know, and it's so good, you know, learning how to parent on this side of the boat with this community that's around me. You know, I, I sense the difference when I'm able to be attuned to what's going on with my boys while Jesus' love is holding all together what's going on inside of me. And that's all I really want. I just want to be part of God shaping their unique stories, not, not to be a repeat of my own, um, and to be a parent that can offer Christ's love and peace to them in their storms too. Amen. Amen.
2: Let's stand and sing this together.
3: God
4: is Nikki, and I am delighted to be before all of you today to share uh, my story of community, uh, specifically during this crazy pandemic life. Uh, So I wanted to start by just asking a couple questions. Uh, So before 2020, uh, how many of us have either heard or said the word pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. and in March of last year, maybe you were like me thinking, I think this is just gonna blow over in like a couple of weeks. <laughs> we probably won't be living like this for too long. No, okay. Um, and is there anybody here who is just completely sort of adjusted to how we live life now? Like we see half faces all the time. Y'all are good. you you get how to do it, Um, because if you do, I'm sitting over there, yellow shirt, we could talk after, because I'm still trying to figure this out, (laughs) and um, I need some help. So I am a fairly outgoing, I'm a very social person, really a people person, I like people. Uh, So uh, yes, I value stillness, yes. And um, I like my alone time, yes. And you know, often I'll light a candle or three and just be silent. Yes, and <laughs> I, um, I really like people. So my given name is Nicola. Nicola means victory of the people. That is my name. It's who I am. I have been blessed to be a part of many communities that really give such a richness and a fullness to my life. And um, I know and I'm very certain that interacting with that listening to, that making room for people is really how I love God best um, with my life. So, as you might imagine, being told, yeah, you just got to go home and stay there until Um, was kind of strange and very just sort of jarring for somebody who is like me uh, because there was no more of anything, right? There's no more catching up with work colleagues in the hallway, no more taking the train home uh, from the gym with people, no more having people over for festive nights of foolishness in my house. Uh, it also meant no more weeknight rehearsals for Sunday service. It also meant no more local uh, small group gatherings. And these are the things that would really ground me and keep me centered. And there was just, just in a blink of an eye, just all gone. And um, and yet, God in his abundance uh, saw that somebody like me really needed community, even in the time of physical and social distancing, And so when I was asked to consider, once we went into lockdown, to consider uh, being part of sort of the pandemic team here and to come in and still uh, offer to serve throughout the pandemic, I was really more than happy to do so, to try and give back to this community. Uh, For me at a time when really, and really all of us, when nothing in life was really the same, I was so grateful. I still am so grateful that I could come back to this house and still do something um, that I was so certain of, and be connected to what I believe is certain, and be a part of a faithful team to serve and to offer that certainty to our community week after week for four months. And um, just so grateful uh, to be able to to come and offer that to to our community and really to the world. Uh, So that's one way that God just sort of gifted me with community. And then also just um, God provided me community on the home front. Uh, I have a friend of mine. She and I, we live in the same building. Her name is Christine, and she has a three-year-old son, Sage. And we've been community for each other over the years. However, now in this sort of intense time of political and personal and social upheaval, to be able to have somebody in the bubble that was still safe, you know, and you could still enjoy a meal together and really process together together, what is going on in the world and not to feel so alone but to have somebody there to journey along with me uh, in a time of physical and social distancing just became more and more of a gift that I'm still so grateful for. So God in his infinite wisdom was able to provide community just right where I was Um, and so I'm so thankful for that. And um, I'm thankful for all of you and that we're back here together again. So amen and thank you. Amen. Let's stand and sing this
2: song together.
5: You come at the right time When I least expect it Never so I would I be surprised when you
6: We're both nurses and our passion is mission. We want to share a few quick stories of how we've seen God at work right here in New York City. Missions
2: has come to our doorstep. Countries all over the world are sending their very best to the U.S. through international students. We volunteer with international student ministry called ISI through which we're able to build friendships with them. Most of them do not know Jesus. They're open to exploring new things like our Discovery Bible studies, and will likely return to their home countries and become leaders. 70% of them have never entered an American home. Our conversations have led to wonderful times of being able to share Jesus. We invited one student from Saudi Arabia to join our Christmas celebration at home, and she had a lot of questions about Christianity. She was surprised when we gave her gifts because she said she never received gifts before. That gave us opportunity to explain what Christmas is about. She's now back to Saudi. And thank God, one of our team members studied the Bible with her while she was here. Another student from Korea joined the Bible study because she wanted to find out about her Christian boyfriend's beliefs. By the second meeting, she was devastated because her boyfriend broke up with her. But she kept joining because she said studying the Bible gives her peace. She said she prayed and God took away her pain. She shared this experience with her friends. Through Discovery Bible Studies, we got a front row seat to witness God revealing himself to the students who read the Bible for the very first time. Thank God for a new lifer, uh, Valerie Althaus, who connected us to this
6: ministry. A number... A number of New Life small groups went through a missions course called Momentum Yes. And we learned about unreached people groups. Unreached people groups are those with little to no exposure or access to the gospel. The population of Christians is less than 2%. They're hard to reach. Only one in 10 missionaries work among the unreached people groups. And for every dollar given to Christian causes, less than one penny goes to church planting among them. Here in Elmhurst, the main unreached people groups are the people from Thailand. I realized that when our mission small group, led by new lifer Valerie Althouse, went on a prayer walk along Broadway. I was also doing my missions course called Perspectives and discovered a small Thai church, a group of about 15 people who are renting a space less than two miles from here. So I asked the Thai pastor, how can we come alongside and encourage you? And she said, reach out to their youth through Bible studies and teach ESL, English as a second language for outreach. We have been doing these since July. This picture is um, the daughter of one of our ESL students who asked me, can I bow down to a statue of Jesus? So I opened the Bible and had her read the 10 commandments. After which, I asked her the same question, and she said, No, I will not bow down to a statue that is a creation of man. Building relationships takes time. Thank God our ESL students are receptive to short fi- videos of the Jesus film. And we praise God, one of the Titan teenagers worshipped with me here at New Life and said, I could be a priest to my friends and bring them here. All glory to God. So in Luke ten two it
2: states, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So we're praying that the Lord will send more laborers to His harvest.
6: If you have questions or if you would like to join us in our work in the community, we'll be at the lobby after the service. Thank you. Thank
2: you. We're going to stand up one last time and sing this song that we sang earlier about God being our provider.
5: You're always enough. You're always enough. Let's sing, Gyra, you're enough. Say, Jairo, you are enough. Jairo. Enough, more than enough. Remember that forever enough, enough always enough, more than, than enough. enough. Let's sing if he dresses a lily. Said if he dresses a lily with beauty and splendor, how much more? How much more? I will be, I will be content In every circumstance For you are a You are a girl Oh, you know, you know Amen
0: Amen Let us thank God for Emily and Salva and Nikki and Stephen and Let's have our prayer team come to my right. Uh, Mike, if we could put that verse back up there, Psalm 107. Let that be uh, the praise that flows from our lips this week. Let's all pray it again together. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Gratitude, very simply, is the recognition that we have been the recipients of goodness and the return to the source of that goodness. That's gratitude. And there's two words that are really important in that little definition. The first word is to recognize. The life that's shaped by gratitude, it's one that Takes the time to recognize that every single day, the air that we breathe, the food that we eat, the people we're in relationship with, these are gifts from God. And it's a recognition of those gifts before us. Every single day, God is pouring out grace and love and mercy over your life. The, grat- the grateful person says, I need to recognize. And my hope is that as we celebrate Thanksgiving and gratitude this, uh, this week as a community, as a nation, that we would take the time to recognize God's gifts to us. It might mean before going to bed, you actually pause and say, let me rehearse the goodness of God towards my life. When we wake up in the morning, maybe we start by saying, let me begin with a recognition that God has been good to me, recognize. The second word is re- return. Return. There's a story in the Gospels where Jesus heals 10 lepers, 10 people who had been socially marginalized and ostracized from their society. And Jesus heals these 10. He says, and the story says, as they walk, they were healed. And as they started walking, they started recognizing, wow, I've been made heal. I've I've been healed of my disease. And they began to keep going to their community perhaps to uh, reconcile and be joined to the people that they had to be separated from for many years. But one of the 10, as he recognized that he was healed, didn't just keep going, he actually returned. And he started to walk back to the source of the healing. And he got to Jesus and he just said, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And Jesus responded by saying, weren't there 10 of you guys? Where are the other nine? And the guy said, "Mm hmm, but I'm here, and I want to, and Jesus said to this guy, your faith, your gratitude has made you whole. They might have been healed, but you have been made whole. Your entire being has been made whole, and that's what gratitude does. Gratitude makes you whole. It, it provides the shalom of the living God. Wholeness in, you want to be Whole. May your life be marked by gratitude. And that's the invitation for all of us. Grateful for the love of God that has been poured out in our Lord Jesus Christ. Broken and poured out for you. Forgiving of your sins. Pouring out mercy. Offering you salvation. There is much to be grateful for. And so we close our gathering with an opportunity to receive prayer. I imagine some of you came in here and as Stephen shared his story of formation, you're struggling, maybe at home, struggling with God trying to form you and you're trying to maybe resist the formation and you just need help, to someone to pray for you so that you could continue to be formed in the image of Jesus. Maybe you're alone and like Nikki said, you're craving community. Maybe the first step to community is to come and to receive prayer, to let someone lay their hands on you and speak good words over your life. Maybe you've come into here and and you're wondering, God, is there something for me to do? I I, want to partner with you in what's going on. You've been inspired by Emily and Salva's story of reaching people in this community and maybe in your workplace or around this New York City area and and you feel something pulling you to that. We want to pray for you. May the Holy Spirit ignite and inspire you to to be the people that God has called you to be. And maybe you came in here, you're just struggling. I naturally assume, those of you watching online, you get enough people in this room like this here, there's a lot of people struggling. A lot of people wondering, God, are you with me? God, will you respond to the cries that I offer you that no one knows about? And we gather here to be reminded that God hears you, and that God sees you, and that God loves you. And one of the ways that you can respond is to come up for prayer. Maybe you came into our church, maybe you're watching online, and throughout the course of this week, you're sensing God calling you into deeper relationship. Maybe you're not a Christian here, and you're sensing the love of God calling you to follow Jesus. We want to serve you along those lines. And if you're sensing that God is calling you to himself, and you want to begin to learn what it means to follow Jesus, you have really two invitations. You can come forward to one of our prayer team members. Let them pray for you and help you to, make, to take the next step. Or you can also text us. Maybe you're watching online and you want to make a decision. Maybe you're here and you're like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to come up, but I do want some guidance here. And if you text the phrase, yes to Jesus, one of our pastors would love to follow up with you to help you on your spiritual journey, to take the next step and what it means to follow Jesus. As we close, I want to invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. We're not going to have any sermon discussion today, We'll be returning to that uh, next week as we begin the Advent season. And for those of you watching online, the Advent is an opportunity where the church pays attention to the coming of Jesus. And if you've been wondering when is a good time to actually gather in church, I want to invite you for the Advent season uh, to make it a priority to gather in person. There's something when we gather in person uh, that if you can, uh, I think would be a gift to your soul. And so as Advent approaches, we want to invite you to worship with us in person. But as we close, let me offer a blessing to you. I'll be downstairs and some of the folks who shared up here will be downstairs as well. I'm sure you'd love to connect with them and say thank you for uh, their words of of sharing and what they've offered today. Uh, But let me bless you uh, in the name of Jesus here. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the Spirit lead you into greater expressions of gratitude. And may you become whole in the process. May you recognize the gifts of God's goodness towards you. And may you return to the source of that goodness. And may you be a gift to the world around you. I bless you all and the strong in the beautiful, in the very good name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you all. Amen.